uh, the very end of the tour, the the site they he wants you to see is the brothel, but it has a giant line, and we did not get to go in and see the <laughs> a, gi- a giant line. Is it a working brothel? Or- yes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel. And Sam, we're joined by friends again. I'm sad we didn't get to sail with them, but they're at least here to tell us about their sailing. I know. I feel like they're like not really supposed to go to Europe without us again. And so this may reveal who they are. These are our friends, Haley and Drew. They were on the Norway cruise with us back in September of 2022. And then they had the audacity to decide to cruise the Med on Disney Cruise Line without us. I mean, I just think that's kind of a problem, you guys. What were you thinking? Well, you know, I guess we just weren't thinking. (laughs) And you couldn't pass up that 30% off deal that we were able to get. That's that's what we were thinking. We were originally supposed to go on Royal Caribbean, and then we we ended up switching to the dream last minute. Last minute for us being like in January for a May sailing. (laughs) Yeah. To be fair, we should also call out that Drew and Haley have a long-running appearances on our show, dating back to season one when they first came on. So they've been on the show here, it looks like, six times. Six times. This will be their seventh. Uh, I have not looked at uh, who has the most appearances, but you guys have to be at the top of the well, list there. Well, it's re- really Drew. Haley's been on like two or three times, but Drew's, this is like Drew's sixth time. Yeah, I was on the DVC show. I was on a few. I don't even remember. You were on one about sailing out of San Juan that I covertly yeah. provided you all the notes for. So I feel like I was yeah. there. <laughs> well, it's good to have you back. It's good to have you back. And we can't wait to hear all about this exciting cruise that you took. But as we always do, let's start with reminding folks about your cruising background and your background with Disney Cruise Line and all things Disney. So let me kick it over to you, Haley, to talk about your history with Disney. Sure. This was our fifth Disney cruise. We have never cruised any other cruise line. Like I mentioned earlier, we were going to cheat on Disney with Royal Caribbean for the Med until Disney decided to give us 35% off a guaranteed veranda room. And then we were like, okay, let's go on the dream. Let's do it. Because uh, that was the only ship we had not been on. So now we've been on all five. We are officially gold Castaway Club members. And we're also DVC members and APs at Walt Disney World. I I forgot that you guys hadn't been on the dream yet. That's awesome. And you got to sail her for the first time in Europe. Like, yes, I don't know that there would be anything better. That's pretty cool. We've actually only repeated one departure port out yeah. of the five ships. Yeah, we've sailed out of five different ports in our five sailings. We've been out of Port Canaveral twice, then Barcelona, Dover and San Juan. So we like to change up the ships and the itineraries. And- <laughs> But so yeah, in five cruises, we've done five ships in four ports. So we we don't like to keep things the same. Yeah. <laughs> and we have yet to go to Nassau in all five. Of yes, <laughs> we're going to talk today about your cruise. And for everyone out there listening, uh, we will have a bonus episode that probably came out prior to this, uh, all about the time that Haley and Drew spent in both Barcelona and London after the cruise. And so. Uh, look for that if you want to hear more about what they did pre-cruise and post-cruise. But let's dive right into the uh, the embarkation experience there in Barcelona. Uh, what was the uh, what was the port like? Yeah, it was uh, really nice. It was we went out of an actual port terminal, 
So they had the regular amenities that you would assume you go through, you go through security. They have a nice seating area. San Juan, when we sailed out of there, we were in like an industrial warehouse, basically. So it wasn't the best experience. And going to the different ports, you never know. And when you're driving in, it kind of looks like an industrial port where we were. But it turns out there was a nice cruise terminal building and we were able to get through security. And it was really quick. Like as I would say, we got through and uh, as quick as we do in like Port Canaveral, which in my experience is the fastest at actually getting people moved through and getting on the ship. And we had a similar experience here. It was very seamless and I had no problem. Well, and you were the first embarkation Yep. Uh, for the dream in Barcelona, because the the dream had just come across for the transatlantic sailing, so it disembarked that morning. But you were you all were the first group to get on the ship in Barcelona, which I imagine they probably had a lot of personnel there to try and sort of kick off the season. Because um, in previous seasons, it's only been the Magic, which has a, a smaller number of people. Did you see a bigger presence, maybe, of Disney personnel? From the U.S.? There were a lot of uh, cast members just standing around or crew members just standing around like at every point, like outside where everybody comes to wait and get in. There were many people there helping, getting your luggage, getting people out of cars, telling them where to go. Uh, there were a lot of people all over uh, kind of directing everywhere. And I'm guessing like learning because uh, it's our understanding like a couple weeks after we got there is when they're going to kind of do a turnover and get a lot of new people on. So some of those people may have already been on learning. But yeah, there were a lot of people out there. Um, I will say, don't get to the port ridiculously early. When we were getting off the ship, there were already people getting to the port at like six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning to get what? on the next ship. And of course, they're not going to get on in a while. I don't know if that was just them not knowing or but they were letting them in and, and they were sitting there. And I was like, you guys are going to be waiting here for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Because they've got to turn over the ship. I mean, yeah. even in even in Port Canaveral, you you're everyone's off like, you know, by 9 a.m. And then the first people on aren't on until like 1130 on the early side um so the earliest port arrival time that they had for barcelona for for our sailing was like 11 45 like drew said there's really not a lot of incentive to get there super 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 early because you won't get on the ship earlier you will just be standing around and there's like two benches so once you get inside there's plenty of room to sit and move around and there's a few shops and things even but when you're outside, there's hardly no room for like a line or to sit and wait and things like that. So, and we just got to the port via taxi. Drew did not mention that, but we just grabbed a taxi near our hotel and said, you know, we're going to the cruise port. And then he asked us what ship. When he gets there, there's a, a, a sign that says what the ships are and which, you know, area to go to for each ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was really pretty easy, more cost effective, I think. And we were able to be on our own timetable versus Disney Cruise Line's timetable, which is my preference. Now at the port, going through the check-in process and and even getting to the port, were you able to use English pretty much wherever you went? Or did you have to like, you know, go back to your high school Spanish and try and use that? (laughs) I have college Spanish. I majored in Spanish, actually. Oh, there you go. So you could you could actually talk to people in Spanish. I could. I'm, I'm very rusty at this point because it turns out that when you sell advertising in North Carolina, you don't use it much. Go figure. No, everybody in the port spoke English. There was no expectation that you were going to speak Spanish or heaven forbid Catalan. All the all of the crew members that you were interacting with spoke English just fine. What kind of stuff? We we sort of skipped ahead to boarding day. My fault a little bit, but I wanted to ask the question. 
what kinds of things were you able to book in advance of the sailing? And what stuff were you not able to book in advance of the sailing that you were then hoping you could get once you got on board? Yeah, we booked um, Remy dinner um, beforehand. We booked uh, Apollo dinner beforehand. We booked Mixology beforehand. We booked all of our shore excursions because we're the kind of people who were like online at midnight at check-in time and, you know, rope dropping as much as one can the internet. To, to do these things. Um, we were not able to get Palo brunch and we weren't really trying to get spa treatments, but inevitably on day one, which we'll get to, Drew twisted my arm into a couple's massage. They always have some kind of special that first day. Yeah. And so I think we ended up getting an extra 30 minutes for the price of, you know, uh, a normal 50 minutes. So uh, I love you massage. So I'm with you. Other than that, we ended up canceling our Remy. So we didn't end up doing that. But other than that, The one thing I'll say is there's always somewhere once you get on board where you can go request Paolo or Remy and try to get on the wait list if you weren't able to get it. And I felt like in our earlier cruises, they made it real clear where that place was, like cast members knew where that place was. Mm -hmm. And it was real easy to go find it and get on that list. Now, it seems like I don't think they're keeping it a secret, but like we would ask people, even we would we went up to Palo. I didn't think that's where it was, but I thought they could tell us. They couldn't tell us. We eventually found it down on like two. It was at Enchanted uh, Garden. That in front of Enchanted oh. Garden, but it's like they they. It seems like they've made it more difficult to find and kind of sign up for that. I don't know if they're just trying to discourage people or you know what it is, but it, it was like it used to be real easy, and now it seems it's gotten more difficult because we had problems on the Wish in January finding where to go to sign up for uh to try to get on the wait list and stuff so it's luna on the wish by the way did you end up getting apollo brunch then did you off the wait list we didn't yeah. want it, but i mean luckily we had apollo brunch twice when we were um on the magic in norway once thanks to <laughs> the duo and your special concierge connections but um we we did not sell concierge we this is our first time in a veranda room we are yeah. more on the budget end of things uh, believe it or not. So we were not able to get Palo Brunch. There was only one seed day on this sailing. So it oh, yeah. pulled up quickly. But we've had yeah. it before. It's okay. Well, let's talk about ports because ports tend to be the star of the show when you're talking you know, about Europe. Folks have visited Nassau many times and so we're very familiar with it. Except um, for Drew and Haley. Except for Drew and Haley. Except for Drew and Haley. <laughs> Somehow managed to get to gold and never go to Nassau. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's kind of walk through some of the ports here uh, that, that you stopped in so it looks like your first port of call was Toulon. am i pronouncing that right yeah yeah and so is that, i'm assuming based on the name that is in france and so <laughs> um, did i get it right i got it right all right and uh so yeah what did you get up to in Toulon? we went on with this is one of the ones where we actually did a disney excursion and we went to axon provence and marseille so in axon provence they we did like a walking tour where they took us through the town showed us uh, a few of the things we saw a chapel or a, a yeah a church that we couldn't actually go in because it was Sunday, so they were actually having mass. We saw that and walked around a little square, and they pointed out some of the the buildings in the square and things like that. We had lunch there at a restaurant. Uh, we do we we did not have gelato that. Uh, no, we got pastries. We, we got, got pastries. Ooh. That's what it was. Yeah. Our favorite French pastry is called Pan Suisse. It's like a like a buttery chocolate chippy thing that kind of melts in your mouth. And it was phenomenal. Mm. So shout out to that. We bought some local wine there to take back on the ship. So we each got a bottle. I got a red. Haley got a white to take back on the ship. 
Um, and then we got to Marseille. Do you want to take it over, Haley? And- yeah. So in Marseille, we drove through the through the the city because we were going up to the most kind of famous landmark in Marseille, which is uh, Notre Dame de la Garde which is, you know, Our Lady of the Guard. It's, it's a cathedral slash watchtower that's way, way, way up on this, this hill or mountain. You have this spectacular view up there of the like entire city and the harbor and all of that. We have, uh, we'll have to give Brian and Sam some pictures to use to promote the episode. But it's, it's a gorgeous view from up there. So you can go in the church um, and you can also see, you know, the, the views from up there. And then we get back on the bus and we go back to the ship. One of the things about the churches in this region, and it happened here in France and on in Italy, is, you know, when you think, when I think of marble, I think of white, you know, with Mm -hmm. uh, veins running through it and things like that. But in this particular region uh, of Europe, they actually have green and pink marble that they also use in these uh, giant cathedrals and things. So it's really cool because you actually get a little bit of a, different looking marbles in these constructions and it makes them look really unique to a lot of the other like big marble structures that you see around Europe. That's cool. Now, how far away were these the cities from the port? Because obviously one of the things that we know about the Med in particular is some of these ports are, you know, quite far from the city that you're visiting. For example, I think of um Sidicevecchia and and, and so that one I know is is a couple hours away from Rome, but everybody sort of calls it with Rome is the port of call. But of course, Rome is not on the coast. So just curious for for this particular port, obviously you have bus time in between stops. And so n- not sort of counting that, but the time from the port to the first city and then the time from the second city, Marseille. Back. Yeah, it was about an hour from the port to Axe to Aix-en-Provence. That was the one that was farther away. Uh, yeah, an hour or a little over. And then we came back to Marseille, which is on the coast. And that was only mm-hmm. like maybe 15, 20 minutes from where we actually ported. So oh, Marseille nice. was very close, but Aix-en-Provence was pretty far. Away. Yeah, not as much bus time on, on, on that day as on some of our Italian days. Well, what was your next port of call? Livorno, which is where you go to Florence and Pisa. So we did a Disney excursion there as well. So we went to... Florence and Pisa. I mean, that's what most people were doing. If you were feeling adventuresome, you could also try to do Cinque Terre. It's a little farther away mm-hmm. to do that. So you know, your options there. But we had not been to Florence and Pisa, and that was closer and easier. So we went with that option. We went to Florence first, and then Pisa after that. Some excursions did the reverse. It just depends. Uh, we got the unlucky combo of arriving in Pisa at the precise moment of a torrential thunderstorm. Oh, no. Completely drenched going to the leaning tower. Thankfully, it was kind of like the Florida thunderstorms where it was like real bad for like 45 minutes and then it passed. And then it stops. And then it's gone. And we're just like squelching around in our shoes. And I I had brought my rain jacket. Drew did not want to carry it that day and just sat there and suffered and refused to pay five euros for an umbrella. Yeah. Um, It wouldn't have done much good. Yeah, it wouldn't have been very helpful. No, I mean, everybody that bought the umbrellas was just as wet as we were. So it didn't really make a difference. But um, I'm going to back up for Florence. So our excursion was, you know, Florence is about an hour and a half, I think, from Livorno. So, you know, the bus ride there. And then we did a walking tour of Florence. We were there on a Monday. um, And unfortunately... Florence is like the worst place to go on a Monday because all their two big art museums where like the David statue is are closed on Mondays. So (sighs) you can hear about it, but you can't see it. But we had really nice weather that morning and 
we walked around and saw, you know, the outside of the Duomo, the, that cathedral is enormous. It's also got the multicolors of marble, like Drew was talking about, which was really cool. And we got to have some free time. So uh, we had some lunch during free time at a restaurant and Drew had pizza. I had spaghetti um, with a, like a delicious bolognese sauce on it. I had pizza every day we were in Italy. Yes, I had we did. <laughs> every different region just to see how it was different. And it yeah. was different. Each of the pizzas was different. You know, re- pizza is a very regional thing in Italy. So as it turns out, they're not all the same. But we all, we went to, in Florence, a place called Il Perseo Leather. I heard about it on a Facebook group called Travel Fashion Girls, which is a silly sounding name. But <laughs> it's a very helpful group for like figuring out what to wear while traveling. And um, they had sent, said to go see this guy, Sam, there, more Sams. And he is um, married. He's a Florentine man, but he's married to an American woman. And so his English is flawless. And we ended up buying um, two leather jackets, one for each of us from Sam. And he shipped them back to the US for us because we did not have room in our carry-on only luggage. But the oh, leather cool. there is amazing. He shipped them back and made modifications. Yes. Uh, for free. Like, we later. just paid the cost of the jackets and he modified them. I needed my, uh, we both needed our sleeves a little bit shorter. And, uh, and then he shipped them for free. And so yep. that was uh, very nice. Oh, cool. Once he shipped them, they, they arrived in two days, which was yeah. crazy. Wow. So in Florence, you said, so the Academia Gallery was closed that yeah. day, which is where the David is. But did you get to see the replica that's in the plaza, yes. right? We did see the replica in the plaza. We saw some of the kind of open air museum statues that were there. We got to see, you know, the, the Ponte Vecchio. No, the replica, I will tell you, looks exactly the same as the original. It's just not quite as white, right? Like, so the the one that's in the museum is like white, white, white marble, because obviously it doesn't get like pigeon poop and stuff all over it every day. It's not out in the element. But the one that's in the piazza is, I mean, it's exactly the same. So you've seen the David. <laughs> I think the most interesting thing about the David was that they originally planned to put it like on top of the cathedral, like up there, like on the facade somewhere. And then they were like, this thing's too incredible to put way up there where nobody can see it. We've got to put it where people can find it. And see it up close. So that was Yeah, and they were also running an Iron Man through Florence when we were there. Oh so my goodness. That was interesting. I think that was in Aix en Provence. Was it? No, yeah. It was. because we couldn't see some of the fountains oh yeah they had them blocked off as like the rest area that was the changing area for the iron man was oh that's funny some of the fountains i forgot that so then in pisa i take it you went and you saw the leaning tower um but apparently drew actually knocked it over it's not it wasn't actually leaning before drew got there Everybody takes the holding it up picture. I wanted to take a, a different picture, so I took one pushing it down. You were channeling <laughs> like your best stitch energy or something on that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, we we got those pictures, and I felt bad for for Pisa a little bit because like their tourism board is trying so hard to be like we have other things here. Yeah. And meanwhile, we're like literally there for like 45 minutes, an hour, which yep. is plenty of time to see the outside of the, the Leaning Tower and the church it's attached to and all of that. They do have like, if you want to go up in the tower, you have to book that in advance, which we didn't do. Um, and then you have to buy tickets that like let you in all the buildings in the, that on that piazza, which is like their way of being like, but really see the other things. They're all yeah, cool. 
It's weird because <laughs> almost every church in Europe, you can just go in for free. Like you don't have to pay for admission. You can just go in and look at it. But that particular one, you actually had to pay an entry fee to go in and, yeah. and see it. Yeah. Some of the bigger ones you do have to pay, but yeah. at any rate, I felt like I still, like, I, I don't know that I have to go back to Pisa now that I've seen the tower. Like it's cool. I'm glad yeah. I went, but I don't know that I, it's like, I, I think I need to repeat. Whereas like I would go back to Florence tomorrow because there's a lot that we didn't get to see. And I just like the vibes of it. Like I just want to spend some time there and have meals and drink wine and eat more gelato. Now, had you guys been to Italy before or France or Spain? Or So we'd been to France. Um, we did, if you go back to whatever our first episode was, the Year of Disney episode, if you search DCL Duo Year of Disney um, in your favorite podcast app, you'll find it. But we did go to to Paris in May 2019 and, and included Disneyland. Oh, that's right. In that. Yeah. Um, so that was our previous France experience. And then I studied abroad in Spain. So I've spent, you know, six weeks or so in Spain. I did a summer program and including had been to Barcelona before. We had not been to Italy, neither of us. So I had been dying to get to Italy forever. It had I, I took three archaeology classes in college. So it's got all my favorite things. It's got ancient Roman things. It's got art. Yeah. It's got wine and it's got pasta and it's got ice cream. Like, what else do I need? <laughs> what else do you need? I mean, I, I see on your list that next up is Sittavecchia. I'm just butchered that. Sittavecchia. Whatever. On the podcast cruise, we're going to have a pronunciation B, and whoever gets that one right will get a prize. But it looks from your write up. Haley would win. Yeah. It looks from your write up that you had a packed day because that's Rome, essentially. And so did you book a Disney excursion or did you book a non Disney excursion for your day in Rome? We booked a non Disney excursion. So we on the cruise Facebook groups, we were in two of them, and people were talking about this company, Italy Tours. Um, the website's like italytours.eu. They had got a lot of good reviews on Cruise Critic and the Disney ones. I really wanted to try to go in the Coliseum and in the Vatican in the same day. And the Disney excursions, they only had one that would let you do that. I mean, I am like pouring through the descriptions of all these sport adventures through Disney going, nope, this one you only do one. Nope, that one you only do the other one. There was one excursion that, did, that Disney offered that did both, but it was $400 a person. That is a lot of money for a port excursion. That you're not getting on a helicopter or something in Alaska. You know? <laughs> no. <laughs> this is still like a bus tour. <laughs> Meanwhile, with Italy tours, you're going to be in a group of like 15 people and it's 109 euros per person plus your entry fee to the Vatican and then plus your entry fee into the Coliseum, but still like half the price of the Disney excursion and a much smaller group so you can get in and out better. Yeah. So that's what we what we booked. And they picked us up. We took the shuttle bus from the from the ship over to the info point. Which is basically where the port ship drops you off in Chittitavecchia anyway. Like yeah. that's exactly where it is. They they take you in, they drop you off, and that's where we got on the Italy Tours uh bus. Yeah, it's like a little like almost like a sprinter kind of thing. Like it's like a fifteen passenger big BMW bus sort of thing. Unfortunately, we got an email like two days before our day in Rome that they were not able to secure the tickets to go inside the Colosseum. Oh. For the first time in their like fifteen years of operation, they were not able to purchase those tickets for us, which was a bummer. But I I know we will make it back to Rome sometime in our lives because I am determined to 
see all the yeah. things. We, we still got to see the outside of the car. And basically what the guide told us is like, you know, much like bots have infiltrated Ticketmaster and everything else, I guess they finally figured out how to get in there. And now they, they release tickets way early that you can book to go in the Coliseum and those sell out quickly. And then they usually have like seven days, three days, and then day of tickets for the Coliseum. But he's like, now those tickets just disappear, are disappearing like automatically when you, wow. they used to just be, be able to get them easily. Um, so that was definitely an interesting experience. But once we got on the tour, the Coliseum was our first stop. We got there. You kind of parked across the street and walked down through an underground to get over to the Coliseum. Uh, and we walked around the outside. There's a bunch of interesting things, not only at the Coliseum, but right around that area. You're next to the Roman Forum, so you can kind of see some of the Roman Forum without actually going into the Forum, because that's an, a separate entry ticket as well that we didn't yeah. have. But we got to see some of it, and I'm like, got my Rick Steves stuff out. I'm telling Drew, like, that's the Arch of Constantine. <laughs> You're yeah. playing tour guide. I love it. So after the Coliseum, our guide actually, because we went on one that was pretty early, and our guide, while we were on our way to Rome, asked us if we wanted to like sit down and have some actual like Roman pizza or if we wanted to just go to a small like kind of market where we could like grab and get food. And we all decided that we wanted some pizza and just sit down and have a nice relaxing lunch. So he actually, uh, we all, everyone in the, the van put their order on one person's phone and then he called ahead and put in our order for everyone, got the restaurant to open a little early, and got us in there uh, to have lunch. So that was a really cool experience. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. then you take over the restaurant and you, yeah, you basically have like a private restaurant lunch. That's that's amazing. We did. And we still had time to like have wine with lunch because our pizzas, you know, were coming out because we pre-ordered them. And we were only in there maybe... 45 minutes or so. So we didn't take up like a whole huge chunk of our day. But he said, you know, your price is going to be the similar to if you get takeaway food, you're gonna have to wait in line for the takeaway food anyway. So your time is probably going to be relatively similar. This will just be more relaxing. Um, And he substituted because we couldn't spend time inside the Coliseum. He uh, took us to where we could go to the Trevi Fountain. Oh, nice. So we got to go to that and take some pictures there. The Spanish steps were another like 10 minute walk away from that. So we weren't able to make it to those, but we had to get back in the, the van to go to, for our pizza. But we lunch. did throw a, a euro over our shoulder and did the Trevi Fountain. So we get to go back to Rome. Still <laughs> the obligatory uh, thing. And Drew was just amazed at how many people were at the Trevi Fountain. It kind of felt not quite as bad as the Mona Lisa, but but very yeah, crowded. Just be constant vigilance. Be aware of your surroundings. There are people everywhere. And I, there were definitely, I'm sure, people getting pickpocketed and all kinds of other things. Just be very aware of yeah. your surroundings, especially the Trevi Fountain is kind of just like you walk back through some buildings and then there's just this giant, beautiful fountain in the middle. I know they like to target places like that. And that's what our guide was telling us, like, be careful, especially in the Trevi Fountain, he said, because uh, a lot of people get robbed there. Yeah. So you put your backpack around on the, on the front side of your body or I actually bought on, on Amazon. These little uh, zipper lock things that you can like clip onto your zippers that are next to each other so that if somebody tries to unzip your bag, it's d- more difficult and then they have to kind of fumble with it by which point you're hopefully noticing that, that someone's trying to steal your stuff. You know, between that and just like Drew said, being vigilant, I didn't feel like it was like a huge problem. But I, we also know like don't leave your bag like dangling on the back of your chair. 
at a restaurant. Don't put your phone on the table and like not pay attention to it when you're at a cafe. Those kinds of things yeah. also apply. But yeah. that's even a tip in New York for people. So yeah, <laughs> um, we we haven't even talked talk, gotten to the Vatican yet. We did the Vatican too. We did the Vatican Museum. Oh wow! So after lunch, the, we got back in the van and we went over to the Vatican Museum where we met Paolo, our cynical tour guide, <laughs> who was uh, kind of a hoot, and he was. A former archaeologist, so he had a lot of knowledge, and he hustled us through there and explained what some of the things were. And then we got to see the Sistine Chapel, and then we had 15 minutes in St. Peter's Basilica, and then we had a bathroom stop and time to get back on the van to go back to. Everybody we met was like, "How can we sneak pictures? Because you can't take pictures or video in the Sistine Chapel." And everybody was like, "Oh, just hold your phone down here, aim the camera up." And I'm like, "I can look at pictures online. I don't need the guard yelling at me." And they were. They will like get on you, tell you to put your camera away. There's all kinds of guards in the Sistine Chapel, tell you to be quiet, shh, like constantly. And so just, you know, yeah. I would encourage people to be respectful. If they're like, don't take pictures, don't take video, don't talk, just do it. It makes everybody's experience more enjoyable because you don't have guards harassing people all throughout the Sistine Chapel while some people are trying to enjoy it. So. Like you said, Google exists. Like you will get, but you will. There are better pictures on the internet than you would ever be able to take on your phone in selfie mode. <laughs> Just saying. And they sell professional ones by way of postcards. So right, exactly. <laughs> they do. I want to have some logistics here. Uh, so you, you did the non Disney excursion. Do they have any sort of return to ship guarantee? Right, if something went wrong, they would reunite you with the beautiful Disney dream. Yes. So ours did have a return to ship guarantee. They were like, again, we've been doing it for 15 years. We've never missed one. Of course, they'd never not gotten Coliseum tickets either. So that was a little, you know, <laughs> disconcerting. But but what they do is when we got off the ship, the ship has a bus that takes you into Chittatavecchia, uh, just into kind of the center of town. So they picked us up where the bus dropped us off in the center of Chittatavecchia. They could not get into, I don't think they could get into the port to pick us up, but they could pick us up from the drop-off point in the middle of Chittatavecchia. Which worked fine. Um, and yeah, like he said, they do have a return to ship guarantee. And I think we were back maybe like an hour and a half, free, maybe even two hours before all aboard time. So I think we were like, while we were sailing away, we were eating the, the all-hands-on-deck cheese platter and drinking some of our French nice. wine <laughs> on the veranda, chilling and not being stressed. That probably gave you time to get another gelato in Chittatavecchia, right? <laughs> we could have, but we were like, we were pretty tired from the running around and just like wanted to. to yeah, I think that was bit. a full like 10 hour excursion from the time we got up, got off. We were like, we did the first walk off. Like as soon as they said, you can get off the ship, we were walking off the boat. Yeah, we were getting off at like seven, seven o'clock. Yeah. Now the other people in the tour group with you, were they all from the dream then? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that worked out nicely then. Yeah, they ask you what your ship is. And, you know, a lot of, in the Facebook group, people were all like encouraging each other to sign up so that there would be enough people, you know, to do these and everybody be from the same ship. And our driver spoke English really well. So, you know, he was like chatting with the two ladies that sat in the front seat next to him, like the whole time. It was really a great experience. And I would recommend that company. Others on our in our Facebook group did not seem to have as good of experience. Or at a different but, port or because they, they do tours all over Italy, obviously. And yeah, and some yeah. that did the tours in other ports and had different people like didn't have as good of an experience, but we had an excellent experience. Ours yeah. was awesome. I would I would not hesitate to use that company again. And if you book three tours with them, you get like a 10 or 20% discount or something. Oh, nice. Nice. All right. So it looks like your next port is Naples, uh, the home of pizza, I think some would say. And so 
<laughs> did you take a Disney excursion or a private excursion? What did you get up to in Naples? We did our own thing. So we just got off the ship. Again, uh, we've talked about it several times. We are Rick Steve Evangelist. He writes uh, trip guides for pretty much everywhere in Europe. He focuses only on Europe and his guides are the best for Europe that we've found. And so uh, he has one about Mediterranean cruises. So we got that. And uh, he'll actually tell you in the book whether or not you can be an independent traveler and go do your own thing in this port, or if you need to book an excursion and go on. Oh, cool. So that that's why in this port, we decided to just do our own thing right off the ship. You can go and get on a bus. And we went and got on a bus and took it to Pompeii. And so we spent the day, the, the first few hours in Pompeii walking around again in that cruise boat. He has a tour of Pompeii, like here's the things you need to see. And so <laughs> we just followed that through the city and got to see all but one. Uh, the very end of the tour, the the site they he wants you to see is the brothel, but it has a giant line and we did not get to go in and see the <laughs> A, gi- a giant line. Is it a working brothel? Or- yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it does have some interesting uh, graffiti on the wall, like the, the names of some of the, the ladies that work there. And I guess some er- ancient Roman Yelp review kind of things um, about people's experiences. <laughs> and you know, I think that according to Rick Steves, there are also drawings that are like a menu of services offered. <laughs> So I think, you know, it's, there's a lot to see there if you're if you're interested, which we would have been, but we were trying to catch the bus back to Naples so that we could do um, get some pizza for lunch and then go to the archaeological museum, which is where all the art that was in Pompeii is now mm-hmm. located. And leave it in Pompeii to continue to be ruined by the elements. Uh, so that was our plan. And we got, to, we got back to Naples around 2.30, 3 o'clock, which is kind of on the late end for pizza. But one of the one of the places we wanted to go to had a giant line. But as we were approaching it, I tripped off the curb and scraped my chin and my knee. It was very painful, and I've, you know, there's blood, and it was just not not a great look for oh, me. No. And that kind of threw off our groove. Um, we still went and got pizza after that, which was delicious. After that, we went to a pharmacy, and I pointed at my chin to the nice Italian pharmacist man and made a sad face because I don't speak Italian. And he was like, oh, no. And he got me hydrogen peroxide and uh, like a, an aerosol spray that I think is like Neosporin that he sold me and some Band-Aids. And I took those with me. But by this point, my mojo was like totally gone for trying to like run across the city and go to the archaeological yeah. museum. So instead, we decided to just sort of saunter through the streets, and get some gelato and make our way back to the ship. This did lead us to discover our best gelato on the whole trip. Tell us about this gelato. Yeah, I just got on uh, Yelp and was looking. Obviously, you type in gelato in like 15,000 places come up in Naples. So I was going through looking at reviews and things like that. And I found this one that was not too far. It was probably about a 15 minute walk. And it was called Gay Odin. That was the name of the ice cream shop. And it's been there, I think, since the 1800s or something. Uh, it's a chocolate, chocolatey, what, whatever, chocolate. Chocolateria. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they make chocolate and gelato. Uh, <laughs> chocolateria e gelateria. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so uh, it had amazing reviews. So we just decided to hoof it over there. And that way we'd be able to see a little bit more of the city as well. So we got there and we both got different things. I got uh, a cone with two flavors. Haley got a cone with two flavors. And we liked it so much 
that we actually went back in and got more gelato. It was <laughs> butter, salted caramel flavor was just immaculate. It was so good. When I went oh. back in after our first trip, the lady behind the counter was like, oh no, is every you know, is everything okay? Is everything all right? And I was like, yep, I just want more. I need more. <laughs> Yeah, so we ended up having to go back for gelato round two from Gay Odin because Drew had gotten the peanut butter salted caramel flavor and I had gotten stracciatella and one other one, but I tasted mm. the peanut butter one and was like, oh no, that is the superior flavor. And I was like, we need more so that I can have some of that. <laughs> so he beautifully went back and purchased a second gelato that was only the peanut butter flavor for us to share. And and like he said, the, the shopkeeper was a little bit concerned that he was coming back to complain. And then he was like, no, no, I just need more. No, no, it's just your your gelato is the best I've ever had. I need more. It was <laughs> I love really, it. really good. So we, we wandered back like a lot of the kind of touristy little trinket shops and that kind of thing. And we collect lapel pins from everywhere. It started with our Disney pin trading thing and kind of morphed into pins from everywhere that we've gone. So we got I the shopper. For, for Naples pins along the way and ended up walking through like a university kind of area. So there were a bunch of like students and but it, you port right in like the middle of Naples. So it's really easy to just kind of walk through and do your own thing. And the Rick Steves Mediterranean Cruise Sports book also has a Naples walk. So I mean, there's lots of different ways to occupy your time in Naples without booking an excursion through the cruise line if you so choose. Cool. I love that you got to go to Pompeii, especially with your you know, archaeology uh, bent, yeah. uh, Haley, because it's it is pretty amazing, and it's it's you. There is actually quite a bit to see there, unlike yeah. some other archaeological sites where there's nothing left. Oh, we didn't <laughs> do a, a pizza power ranking, but the pizza power ranking, I believe, goes number one Naples, number two Rome, and number three Florence. Is that right, Drew? Yes, yes, because Naples was the best. It's traditional what you think of Naples pizza, and it was delicious. We love Neapolitan pizza here. We have a place here in Charlotte where we get it all the time. Mm. Love Neapolitan pizza. So that was number one. Rome was like thin and crispy, uh, and it was very different, but also really liked it. Uh, Florence felt more like it was like trying to be Naples, but just wasn't quite. <laughs> <laughs> um, if any if anyone in Italy is listening to this right now and we've just offended the entire country, we apologize. Uh <laughs> it, was, it was still delicious. It was just not as good as the Naples yeah. pizza. Well, it's like, you know, it's like trying to compare New York pizza to Chicago pizza. They're not they're not like a right completely now? different species, right? It's like they're not even it's like comparing cats and dogs. Clearly dogs are superior, but they're very different from one another. <laughs> No, not true. So sad that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> like friendship, Sam. <laughs> Kingsley Reginald Cat is very offended right now. Actually, he's a. Yeah. <laughs> hey, DCL Duo fans! You know we get the question all the time: Should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise, or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you: If you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com/dclduo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations, and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, 
operators and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo so they know we sent you their way. Thanks, My Path Unwinding, for sponsoring the show. And with that, back to our episode. Anyway, all right. Well, let's move to your last port because we could spend, I mean, we've already spent a lot of time talking about ports because obviously this is sort of the star of Europe. But what was the last port you guys went to? So I'll let Haley tell you about the port and then I will tell you <laughs> about how I almost had a heart attack in this port. Yes. And only like slight hyperbole. Uh, yes. So, so Haley. The port, the port was Palma de Mallorca. So on the island of Mallorca, you port, you know, right there at the town, but it, there's still a shuttle bus that takes you closer to the main attractions. It's not like Naples where you like walk off and you're like across the street as the city. There is still a little shuttle bus action there. Palma de Mallorca is not a large place and it's very easy to do it yourself. We walked into the cathedral. We bought tickets on, online on the spot for the cathedral. It's really cool because they have a rooftop terrace. So you can go up there and see like really cool views of the harbor and the ship, but also like the flying buttresses up close, um, which is really, really cool. So it's a Gothic cathedral. And I've never stood under flying buttresses before. So, and it's unlike if you go up on like the Dome of St. Paul's Cathedral in London, for example, there's actually like tons of room on the top of this cathedral. So even if you're claustrophobic or even if you're acrophobic, like you can stay well away from the edge and still get to see cool things. So that was a really cool experience. Yeah, it was cool because you could also, you can get right up next to the stained glass windows on the outside and see them. So that was a cool experience. Yeah, like you're like right next to the rose windows and that kind of thing, which is really neat um, if you are a cathedral nerd like we are. And then there was like a little street market um, right outside the cathedral. So we went to that and had some lunch and we bought a painting that opens up like windows. It's got like little little shutters on it and you can they're on hinges and you open them and then there's a picture of the cathedral inside. And the guy was sitting there painting them yep. like as we were. Oh, that's you know, so cool. It was only like 40 euros. Like it wasn't expensive. Um, and it was just small enough to fit in our carry-on suitcase. So it was a win. It's pretty much exactly the size of the blue, the frame that they give you for the 25th anniversary. Yeah, it's like an 11 uh, celebration. It was like the exact same size. Yeah. Oh, perfect. So, so we did that. And then I wanted to take a hop-on, hop-off bus tour to go up to the scenic viewpoint. Uh, well, actually, we got gelato again. <laughs> and then we did the hop-on, hop-off bus tour. And I, you just bought tickets to that on online on the spot. And I wanted to go up to Castel Belvedere. So it's like translates to Castle Beautiful View. And it's a really cool viewpoint of the whole harbor. You can see the ship. It's really, really pretty up there. And I wanted to go up there. And it said that the, the bus loop was like an hour and 15 minutes. We had, I want to say like three hours until all aboard time when we started this, this journey. And we were like, okay, if we do the loop and we spend like 30 minutes up there, that should still give us time to make it back. So we go up there, we take pictures. It's great. Very cool viewpoint. We get back on the bus. 
And I'll let Drew take it from here. Yeah. So never let the person who is bad with time management decide what you're going to do when you have to be back on the ship. Uh, so, yeah. So oh, we no. get this castle, which is nice, but it's pretty, I would say it was pretty sparse. There wasn't a lot of stuff. It was just a nice viewpoint. The castle itself is not impressive. I mean, it's, it's, it's cool, but there's nothing really inside of it. There's like little exhibits, but not anything to go out of your way for. But the views are cool. But so from there, we get back on this bus to take it back down. And what should have been, you know, an app 45 minutes, an hour took longer than that. And so because they're stopping at every stop, people are getting on and off and it ended up just taking a while. And by this time I'm looking and all aboard time is, was it five or five thirty? Yeah. So all aboard time is five thirty, and it's, past five o'clock at this point <clears throat> and we're not back to the shuttle bus from the city to the cruise ship and i'm getting i have anxiety already and this was not good for my anxiety we basically get back to the shuttle bus they normally they're marked you know like disney dream you know shuttle but there were there was an msc cruise there was an ada cruise Several other cruises there. MSC was clearly marked. But then the Disney ship just said like shuttle bus three. It didn't say like Disney dream shuttle bus three. We ended up getting back and we missed the first shuttle bus back because it wasn't marked. And we were just, we were looking for one that said like Disney dream or something like that. Because all the MSC ones were clearly marked. So finally, we found somebody that was able to point us in the direction. We got on the bus and this was like five you know, right after five o'clock and we're like, okay, let's go. You know, we got to get back to the ship. And we sat there for like 15 minutes before they left. Only one other person got back on the boat, uh, got on the, uh, the terminal bus to go back to the terminal. So 15 minutes, we pull up, we pull up to the cruise terminal at the ship at 527. Wow. I am freaking out the whole way on our way to the cruise ship. And so we're running, there's Disney people out there with like clipboards, writing things. They're like, come on, get on. We go back, we get through security and they're literally counting. We were one of the last three people. We were the next to last people on the bus. The only people back on the ship after us was the other lady that was on On the bus with you. Us with us. And so it is like, I was freaking out, but we made it back barely. And uh, I do not recommend that. Uh, You've seen those people running down the uh, port waving like, no, don't leave us. Uh, That's as close as I ever want to be. And I never I'm going to be back 30 minutes early from now on. We'll never push it that close again, even in Europe. It wasn't just- intentional. That was definitely like, I just, I didn't say a word to him on the bus because I was just like, he was shaking like a leaf. Like I just was like, yeah, you didn't want to freak him out anymore. Yeah, I, was like, I yeah. can't, I can't say anything to make this go any better. So we're just gonna, just gonna ride in silence. Tense yeah. silence. Just hold your breath until yeah. you get there. <laughs> well, at least it was not gelato related. So there's yeah. something there, uh, <laughs> I suppose. But Well, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like the gelato would have been a better reason to be late than this contributing Contributing factor, perhaps. Contributing factor. But, uh, well, Drew, we're glad, we're glad you made it back okay. Uh, would have hated to have seen you and Haley on YouTube being one of those couples running down the floor, <laughs> waving their arms furiously. I want to shift gears with uh, with us for a second because uh, ports sound fantastic, but you also had a couple of unique things going on on your sailing. One of them being 
25th anniversary festivities on board. And so I'm curious, what kind of things did they have on board for the 25th? And was it amazing uh, or kind of uh, meh from Disney on this 25th anniversary celebration? Well, so they, much like you see with Christmas or uh, Halloween, they have window cleans up on a lot of the win- uh, the port windows. And so we took a fun picture with one of the 25th anniversary ones. And so they have the window cleans. They have special drinks in some of the bars. You actually get to keep if you get the special 25th anniversary drink, which is really just a margarita. Uh, (laughs) Spoiler. uh, It comes with a special coaster that you get to keep. That's like a faux leather coaster. That's the sparkling blue. Sadly, all the merchandise came out on the transatlantic and disappeared. Within 25 minutes. And they were supposed to get a restock in Barcelona and did not get a restock. And so we were unable to get any merchandise. We've seen some of it because they restocked when we were getting off the ship. Yeah, of course. (laughs) People that were back to backing have posted pictures in our group of like, here's what all the 25th merchandise looks Uh. like. So we didn't get to get any of that. But as um, they give you, I would say it's it might be even bigger than an 11 by 14 framed picture of Mickey that has this whole story of like the celebrating the 25th anniversary. And uh, they give that to you as part of your sailing. And so we were able to bring that home. That would be great in Port Canaveral coming home from Europe and trying to do carry on only. That made it a little bit bit difficult to bring a frame like 11 by 14 picture home. But um, we managed. Yeah, we managed. We were able to do it. There is a fireworks show, which I think the fireworks were better than Pirate Night. And I'd like to go back. I haven't went back and looked at the video, but I could have swore they were shooting them off from both funnels, which I didn't think was possible on a ship like the Dream. But they were at least shooting something from both funnels uh, on the 25th anniversary. I like the show before the 25th anniversary fireworks was not as good as Pirate Night Show, not but the actual fireworks, I think, were better. So overall, I think it's it was nice to have fireworks twice. So because of the 25th anniversary, we got fireworks twice. It was. I think the touches were nice, and it's not too much. It almost feels like I would say they did as much, if not a little bit more, than they did for you know Walt Disney World's recent anniversary. I feel like they they put those gold statues up, but didn't do a lot for that. I feel like it was kind of similar uh, for the 25th anniversary at sea. There was definitely stuff, but it wasn't like over the top everywhere. Yeah, you know. That sort of. Yeah, I'll say the the pre-show, um, and sorry to anyone who works in the entertainment team who might be listening to this, but I think the pre-show was kind of meh. Mm. It was basically them just like pulling random people out of the crowd and asking them DCL duo rapid fire questions. Yeah, we heard. We've heard. Uh, we heard. Uh, we're, I'm going to shout out to Rebecca from the entertainment cast who ha- has been a guest on our show. Um, and we obviously heard from you guys, but also from some folks who were sailing on the transatlantic right before you that she was asking in the, she was asking the audience rapid fire questions. And, yes. you know, we might have to send a cease and desist, I think, yeah. to her and say, stop using our questions. Just just kidding. Imitation is the highest form of flattery. I, so I'm just teasing. Go. I'm just teasing. Yeah. I have no problem with Disney asking 
essentially Disney Cruise Line trivia questions. <laughs> and to be fair, the guys at Rope Drop Radio were doing, uh, a, what did they call it, quick fire round or something before we did rapid fire. So I don't think there's any special sauce oh, yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would not go out of your way to see that show, though, because it's mostly, it really just feels like you're killing time for the fireworks, but you basically are. So if you're yeah. I'm sure it's like you all with podcast guests, right? Like sometimes there's probably better ones than other ones. and But it, it, they were bringing, you know, a lot of kids and things up on the stage, which is fine. But then the kids are just like, I don't know, you know, like they, <laughs> they freak answers. So I think if you got people up there that were very, you know, outspoken and were into it and make it giving good answers and things, it could be a lot of fun. But we were just like the whoever they pulled up seemed to be like very sheepish and we're a little, a little shy. not really into it. So. so I guess the question would be, Drew, do you, would you book cruise based on being on a 25th anniversary sailing? Or is it just like a nice bonus if you happen to? I think, it, yeah, I think it's just a nice bonus of like having a few little extras that are added into a regular cruise. Mm-hmm. I would not probably go out of my way to book one just to experience the 25th anniversary stuff. The other unique experience you all had from what I can gather online is... Some new menus in the dining rooms, potentially, on the Dream. Uh, did you all experience some new food? They definitely had new, like, Mediterranean favorites or, you know, things like that. And so there there was definitely some new items like that. Other than that, uh, Pirate Night was the same. From what I can recall, Animators was the same. Could, do you think, can you think of anything? I that really was- don't recall a lot of unique menu items. And in fact, I feel like I saw more quote unquote Mediterranean favorites that were additions to the menu when we were in Norway on the Magic last <laughs> fall versus, um, versus on this Sailing on the Dream. Because they didn't have any of like the, like in Norway, we had kind of some of the Norwegian inspired dishes like they have in Arendelle on the wish and we didn't have any of that which we weren't mm-hmm. in Norway, so that's probably why but i didn't really notice anything except maybe like there was like one pasta that was like kind of a pasta bolognese or something in animators but that might even be there all the time i don't know that is now a permanent dish so that came that's a that is a post-pandemic addition but a pasta it's like a penne bolognese it's really quite good um in animators yeah we've had that several times now. Well, as we wind down here, Drew and Haley, I wanted to ask uh, any big highlights, you know, that we missed off of the cruise here from our discussion. We had a couple things that were new to us this time. We enjoyed mixology. Um, they are back to letting you mix the drinks yourself. So cool. that makes it more fun, I think. Um, we're not going to do it every time, but we did enjoy doing it this time. I liked all of the drinks that we made. They do start you off with a, a tequila and soda water combo shot. So they just like... Get you, get you going. Um, we did take an unintended nap afterward, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, there's that. We got to ride the Aqueduct, which we love, and we are now firm in our power ranking of Disney Cruise Line water slides. The Aqueduct is number one, followed by the Aqua Mouse at number two, and the Aqua Dunk is number three because we don't like being sprayed in the face continuously. Yes. It's just not for us. I know people like it, but for us, not as fun. Aqueduct number one forever. Love it, um, and. I also enjoyed the Beauty and the Beast show because we had not seen that on Disney Cruise Line. Oh my goodness. I forgot you hadn't seen because you hadn't been on the dream. That's yeah. Yeah. is that not the best show in the fleet? Um I, there's the Frozen is also really good. Frozen is also really good. So it's it's those are probably the two best ones though. And I yeah. and if I was awake for more of Tangled when we were on the Magic, I think it would be a strong contender as well. I do love Tangled. 
also cemented that maybe the Golden Mickeys need a rework. And a, 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 a <laughs> I was trying to explain. But Iger's back, Drew. Iger's yeah. back. It's, yeah. uh, why, why rework it now? It's, he's here. What do you mean that CRT computer monitor in the background is outdated? Uh, <laughs> his hair is not that color anymore. Um, <laughs> but no, we, I was trying to explain the Golden Mickeys to our table mates. You know, we had four strangers that we were seated with, but we enjoyed meeting them and befriended them over the course of the sailing. But I was trying to explain what the Golden Mickeys was. And I was like, well, it doesn't have a plot. It's just like a song montage. Then you it's know, a fake award show. You know, That's a fake <laughs> award show that makes no sense. And you know, yeah, you it makes no much. sense. Haley, it has it has more of a plot to it than Freeze Frame on the Independence of the Seas that I saw recently. <laughs> so, uh, I, after, some some thread to tie it together, other than we're singing songs from this decade. So I think we have reached that point in our show where I need to hand you over to Sam for a little rapid fire. Rebecca, I hope you're out there taking notes. But uh, this is the uh, this is the round where Sam applies some arbitrary rules to some arbitrary questions and adds in a dash of judgment or the round we know as rapid fire. Sam, take it away. Okay, you guys. I feel like we need to get some of your favorites from this cruise in particular. And and, and then, of course, we have to do a favorite ship at the end because now you have been on all five Disney ships, which you hadn't you know, been on before. All right. So I feel like we need to know what was your favorite port? And I'm also going to ask what your favorite excursion was. So these don't have to be the same answer. So let's start with favorite port, Haley. I think my favorite port was probably Chivitavecchia. I just, I think that I can't get enough of Rome and certainly not in one day. Um, And that would also be my favorite excursion. Yeah, I'm actually going to go with Naples. I liked being on our own a little bit more, not being constrained by like having to follow a group around. We kind of got to do things in our own time. Pompeii was amazing. Like seeing Vesuvius is basically missing half the mountain and then uh, getting to see all the ruins. Of course, I got to meet a cat. uh, So that was a big thing for me. And then the pizza and gelato. That was the best place with the both the best pizza and the best gelato. All right. Well, I need to know from Haley where your favorite pizza was, because we know Drew's favorite pizza was in Naples, but I don't know if your favorite pizza matches. I know your favorite gelato matches. That was also my favorite pizza. I just got the classic um, margarita pizza in in Naples and in Rome. So I got to compare them to each other. My honorable mention is the pizza at Palo. Mm. I got the prosciutto and burrata pizza at Palo. And it was really honestly probably tied with the pizza in Naples. It was really good. Wow. It was good. It was not tied. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I love it. All right. Favorite bar space on the Disney Dream. Let's start with you, Haley. I'm going to go with Meridian. Yes. It's so nice. And there's never children in there. Um, we sail without, <laughs> we don't have children. So we, we always cruise without them. And so getting to see the ocean is great. That's sort of part of the point of the cruise, right? So mm-hmm. that's, my, that's my pick. I totally agree. Meridian is the best. They made an excellent old fashioned and maybe not as good as Hook's Barbary on the Wish, but still a very good old fashioned. And I was uh, very satisfied with the drink that I got there. The All wish. right. Favorite Disney Cruise Line stage show. Haley, let's start with you. Mm, I think I'm still going to pick Frozen, but it's really close. All right. What about you, Drew? I'm actually going to change to Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Uh, That's the right answer, Drew. That's my answer for a long time. But Beauty and the Beast is one of, if not my favorite animated classic Disney movie. 
And, you know, Gaston is my favorite villain. And so uh, I'm going to go with Beauty and the Beast. Okay. And, and, you know, the next question is really the most important question of them all. Uh, We already know your favorite water slide, but which one is your favorite ship? You can even give us a ranking if you want, but, you know, there's five ships. Give us your ranking now. What's number one? Drew, let's start with you. So I think my number one is the fantasy. I love the layout of those ships. And the thing that really separates it from the dream for me is Europa, their adult area. We spend a lot of time in the adult area, not only, you know, getting drinks, but going to events, listening to music, mm-hmm. going to match mate and things. And I just like, you know, the two better than ever evolution and things like that. So I just like the Europa area, which puts the fantasy above. Then the wonder, because I really like the French Quarter Lounge. I like Tiana's um, and things like that. So I think that one's next. And then I can interchange either the wish and the dream. Those are my next two kind of things. The wish is so unique that might put it over the top. It's got a lot of unique offerings. So that's might be next for me. Then the dream. I really like the dream, but it's it's to me the worst version of the fantasy. So it's going to be below a lot of the other ones. And then the magic when we were on there, it could be because of when we were on there, when we were on there, it just needed a little bit of work. It hadn't been through that dried up, getting a lot of new stuff and things like that. So I think it just needed a little work and has therefore fallen down again. And I think it's the, it, to me, the inferior version of the wonder or the, mm-hmm. Wonder, so the magic goes on the bottom. All right, Haley, what's your? How do your rankings fall? Yeah, so we we spent a lot of time talking about this because we knew you were going to ask. <laughs> since we have now completed the Fab Five, so the fantasy is still my favorite as well, um, and for basically the same reason that Drew had, I'm obsessed with the Europa theming. Yeah, so definitely the fantasies, and we also. Um, like the Art Nouveau style better than the Art Deco style. And we kind of felt that way. And our first two, two ships were the Fantasy and then the Wonder. So we didn't experience the Art Deco until the Magic last fall. Now we've done it all, I can confirm that I really like the Art Nouveau, the more natural inspired with like all the curvy lines and all of that. I'm going to go with the Wonder number two as well. You're going to find that we actually have very similar opinions. I want to rank the Magic higher because I love Tangled so much. I don't like the Aqua Dunk as much <laughs> and so yep I, I, that, I think that has to knock the magic down i mean none of them are bad um and so like drew the wish is i guess number three so i guess i'll, I'll just say the exact same as drew wow fantasy number two wonder number three wish number four dream and number five magic but really if you invited me to go on any of them tomorrow i would go <laughs> so, of course well, thanks, you guys. Of course, you're always such good sports for playing my silly, judgy game. And I always appreciate chatting with you guys. And of course, we can't wait to sail with you both again. Thank you, Drew and Haley, for coming on and sharing your fabulous experience with your Mediterranean cruise with all of our listeners. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Our pleasure. We would, we'll come back anytime. Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. We do have another five-star review to read on the air this week from Apple Podcasts. 
This one comes from Dylan Hinton, who writes, Great podcast. It's hard to find quality DCL podcasts that post regularly these days. I am able to rely on this among only a few that will continue to keep me entertained and support in my planning for upcoming voyages. Thank you. Well, thank you, Dylan, for taking the time to leave that review. We really, really appreciate it. Always love hearing positive feedback from our listeners. With that, just thanks once again for listening. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous a vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. DCL Duo Podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.